Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Welcome to episode 127. I thought this was an amazing week in Bravo. I felt like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just totally hit their stride. This was the best episode of the season. I'm so excited for the finale, and I am very excited for the reunion. And correct me if I'm wrong, but has there ever been a Housewives season one franchise have such a good opening season and a three-part reunion? because I feel like this could be the first. I know we've had some good first seasons, you know, New York and Beverly Hills, but I don't ever remember a three-part reunion. So I'm very interested. So in other news, we had the Real Housewives of the OC wrap up their two-part reunion this week, and then Southern Charm started their reunion, which I think is going to be a two-parter also. I'm pretty impressed that Southern Charm is having a two-part reunion because I think they only had eight episodes for the whole season. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like there wasn't a very long season at all, but I enjoyed it. I mean, what can I say? I love trash, and... I thought it was interesting. I liked the new characters on the show. I'm really interested in Leva. Um, one thing I thought the show didn't do as well is I feel like they focus so much on her as trying to explain to the other cast members racism and their, you know, racist history in Charleston and what, why Catherine, like what she did was wrong. And, I mean, I I think that it was important that she did those things, but I wish that we would have seen more of just her and her storyline and her engagement with the other people on the cast, because it sort of felt a little bit disjointed since the friends that she had from the show quit the show before the show started. And that was a really interesting segment on the reunion where Andy was kind of asking them, so what happened with Cameron? And it was cleared up that Cameron did not quit filming because of the rumors that Catherine shared about her husband cheating on her. Um, it was something else. And so I want to know, what is that something else? Like, why did Cam decide not to film? And why did Naomi and Chelsea all decide not to film, like, right before filming started? 
If anyone has any information, please DM me. I'm very interested. A couple other thoughts, though, from Southern Charm. So there are these allegations being thrown out about Madison being with an ex-MLB player um, who is married. And some people believe that it's A-Rod, even though A-Rod isn't technically married. And I mean, I believe it. And everyone's just going after Madison. And while I don't think it's wonderful to gallivant around with a man who's in a relationship, like I don't think it's any different from what the men on Southern Charm have done or are doing. I mean, Shep even mentioned that he wasn't faithful to Taylor and kissed some woman in a stairwell. I don't know. The whole thing is just crazy. I feel like they always go after Madison um, and they go after women for being what they view as promiscuous rather than, you know, examine their own actions. It's totally okay for them to do things. And the double standard I'm just not here for. The other thing I noticed in the reunion is that it seems like all the men on the show and Catherine definitely have an issue with Leva. And I don't know if they always had this issue or if watching it back and seeing her scenes, they felt like she was saying things to them that she didn't say to their face or that she was just like giving them a bad name and calling them racist. I don't know why they have such a problem with her, but it was definitely apparent watching this reunion. What I love about Leva, though, is that she holds her own and she will call them out on their bullshit. And I love that she told Austin to like go to the bathroom and like he'll feel better or something like that. I think she was just alluding to how much cocaine he does. And let me tell you, the cast of Southern Charm is just so obvious about their cocaine use. I think the amount of coke that they do blows the Vanderpump Rules kids out of the water. I mean, it is, it's crazy. You know, what else is crazy is that we've got Barbara Kay from the Real Housewives of New York is running for mayor of New York City. <laughs> let me repeat that. Barb the Builder is running for mayor of New York City. Those of you who are in New York City, please, please shoot me a DM at ITRL underscore podcast. I want to hear from you. What do you think about this? It's clear she doesn't have a shot in hell, but do you think she brings anything interesting to the race? I know everyone is talking about Andrew Yang, but there are plenty of other candidates, and we are quite far from an election. So would love to hear what you all think about that. And finally, the OC reunion. I spent a lot of time talking about the Real Houses of the OC last episode, so I'm not going to get into it this episode. But yeah, it was pretty disappointing to see all the women retreat from even commenting on the racial issues in our country and saying that, you know, hearing Shannon say that she doesn't discuss politics is such an obnoxious thing to say and such a privileged thing to say and to talk about racial equality as a political issue rather than a social issue just royally pisses me off. I would be very happy if none of them came back and if Andy actually follows through and completely reboots the OC with a whole new cast of women, all of whom live on the beach, because that's why I started watching the show to begin with. I started watching Housewives only in California, because to me, that's aspirational living. I live out on the East Coast. It's freaking cold here. It's going to snow tomorrow. I want to see women by the water, okay? That's what I want to see. And if we could get a little more diversity and, I don't know, interesting people, like, I'm here for it. 
I want to see some of these new people. Um, there was definitely a big issue that happened, though, this week with Kelly and Emily and Gina going out to celebrate Emily's birthday. I mentioned it on last week's podcast. There was a video circulating of one of Emily's friends making the okay sign a few times. And it was alleged, you know, that she was making that sign because it's also a white power symbol. And I thought it was definitely plausible that she did it for that reason because that symbol is much more well known now, but she said she didn't. And I don't know. I'm, I want to believe that. Um, but of course, um, Bravo historian called it out. And then Kelly tried to dox her and doxed the wrong woman. And it was just became a royal absolute mess. But, um, if you're interested in hearing more about what happened, Jacques from Politically Incorrect Podcast does an interesting bonus episode this week where he gives his thoughts. And I always find his thoughts really interesting because he's from Australia. So he's watching all of this madness in America from an ocean away. And sometimes he gives it a little bit more of an objective look. So just wanted to shout that out. All right, so getting to this week's interview, I've got Paul McLean on the podcast. He has the Instagram handle at Real Reality Homosexual. He is so funny. He is a huge fan of the Real Housewives of Dallas, and he's based down in Texas, so he's got lots of thoughts on it. And he's a huge Salt Lake fan and is a big Jen Shaw stan. So it's interesting to discuss all the stuff that goes on with Jen this week with him. As always, you guys can follow me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. And if you like the podcast, please go and give me a nice five-star rating and maybe write some nice comments. They always make me smile. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Paul McLean. Hi, everyone. I am here with Paul McLean, who runs the Bravo fan account at Real Reality Homosexual. How are you doing this evening? I'm really good. How are you? I'm all right. It's just, it's so nice to connect with you again. And we have such a wonderful week of shows to discuss. I'm so excited. Me as well. I think that we should just like dive right in. I'm Let's ready to chat. Dive right in. I first wanted to ask you, though, about a couple uh, things that have been going on in the Bravo sphere um, in the news. So the first thing that I wanted to just get a few thoughts of yours on is that Barbara Kay is running for mayor of New York City. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's great for her. If she <laughs> thinks that she can make a difference, then I think that's awesome. I I mean, I don't know if it's, I, I, I apparently it's serious. There's a campaign website. I just, I'm not sure if I can go any farther than that, you know, like <laughs> Barbara K for mayor. <laughs> Barb the Builder. I, yeah, I just, and that's great. If she, oh my God, if she wins, that'll be great. The first housewife mayor. She'll make history. <laughs> if there was any other housewife that you or for, current or former housewife or friend of that you think should hold government office, who would it be? Oh, my Lanta. Um, can we come back to this later on? Yes, totally. Because I need to think about that. I, I always say I want Bethany running FEMA. 
Uh, yeah, no, she does a really good job with that crisis management for sure. I think I think she could do it. Um, well, before we get into um, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I wanted to know: Have did you actually watch the Real Housewives of OC reunion, or are you one of the people that skipped it? Well, I skipped the whole season, and I watched the first part of the reunion, and I got the second part maybe three minutes in, and I had to turn it off. I just yeah. couldn't. So, I mean. <clears throat> I I feel like we need not this. This OC is not it. So yeah. and and I can't like continue to watch the cast as it is. Like I I'm a big proponent of maybe ending a city 15 seasons in. I feel like that's a good threshold. 15 seasons is a long time and I do feel like it's either serious reboot or they should just cancel it. Yeah. Andy mentioned he uh, and a tweet with Meghan McCain that he was thinking about rebooting as opposed to canceling. Well, but I, my opinion <laughs> of rebooting and Andy Cohen's is probably two very different things. So we'll see how that kind of falls together in place. Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. So you recently did an Instagram live with Jen Shaw. Like, mm-hmm. how was that? How did that come to be? And is she your favorite housewife on Salt Lake? Um, okay, so let's unpack that. The first part was, remind me again, how did it come to be? Yeah, like how did you decide or be able to do an Instagram Live with her? Well, so I, when Salt Lake City was filming, I was doing my investigative work and I found the cast and just started following them and, you know, just chit chatting or whatever. And, you know, I think that I built rapport with her and, you know, I, I was supportive of, of, you know, what she was doing on the show. And I feel like I got to kind of know her personally. Um, They're just talking with her and, and that type of thing. So I had mentioned, I'd love to go live with you, you know, once the season premieres or whatever, halfway thinking like it's not going to happen right like she's not going to be able to do it bravo's going to stop it or whatever well i told her again let's do a live and she said okay and that was the end of it and so yeah i mean i feel like i was just able to connect with her a little bit differently than i was able to connect with anyone else on the um cast which is fine but yeah i mean i think i would probably say that she's my favorite i feel like uh, there's so many similarities between Jen Shah and some of the other women who have been labeled. Um, and maybe I'm sensitive to that because of like the race conversation in America right now. I don't know, but yeah. Labeled I mean, Jen Shah is like Whitney said something the other night about she didn't feel safe in the dining room. And I just have a problem with that. You know, I just don't think that I don't think that we need to use those terms when we're talking about a person of color. Right. Like, I just I see. it makes okay. me upset mm-hmm. that she's she's labeled she's angry. She was aggressive. Like the the adjectives that these women were using and, and calling her the other night on that episode were just a bit much for me. But okay. <sighs> there's so many thoughts on Salt Lake City. So many thoughts. Well, the, this episode kicks off with Whitney telling Heather how good she feels about her conversation with Lisa and Meredith and how she thinks they're going to have a really nice time tonight. And Heather gives the best look I've seen in a single frame 
in a while where she just like looks up at her and she's like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? And then Heather tells her, you know, Jen's not really over it. You know, I, I thought she was, and she's, she's not. Um, and then we see kind of Meredith and why she disengages, right? So Jen and Lisa and Meredith all are starting to sit down for dinner and, you know, Lisa and Meredith share with Jen that they reconciled with Whitney and accepted her apology. And Jen's upset with that. And then we, you know, we hear Meredith talk about, you know, multiple times throughout the season, she gets up and she says, I'm disengaging. And she says it stems from her childhood and being caught in between her parents who were divorced. So there's a lot there, but kind of what were your thoughts on Jen kind of not being over being angry with Whitney and then maybe how she kind of came into that dinner? Well, I think that, you know, Whitney totally said, Hey, I shouldn't have done it at that time. But I think there was some sort of interview somewhere. Maybe I'm not sure um, that, you know, I, I'm not sure we saw the complete picture with the, with the glass throwing. Right. I, somewhere Mm -hmm. there was some other scene that the, you know, it was longer than it was or, or something, but I just, I don't know. I feel like Jen needed Whitney to just say, okay, I shouldn't have done that. And I, you know, I'm sorry, period, no anything. And I just don't think they ever got there. Um, you know, I, I wish they would have, because I was really starting to like, like Whitney until this kind of blow up happened, right. With these crosshairs that are happening. So that's so interesting because I totally thought Whitney apologized when they were in the bathtubs. Yeah, she did. I mean, plain as day, like it was right there. But I also know for me personally, I've been in situations where, um, you know, I, I've said, okay, it's fine, but it's really not fine. Like, and I feel like a lot of people around the world probably felt that way. And so I feel like that was a moment for Jen and, I don't feel like anyone really gave her a lot of grace this last episode anyway um, with dinner. I mean, it blew up right away. And listen, if Meredith gets triggered, I can totally understand that. Like I am not like a perfect person. I can deal with some anxiety and I have triggers too, but that walking away while filming real housewives of wherever is cute, like a couple times, but it's been, so far, I think three times. And I just feel like you have to stay and hash it out in some of these scenes. Otherwise, the the story doesn't continue, right? And so I just feel like I wish she would have stayed for this one specifically, because Mm -hmm. she walked away so so many other times, you know, but it it is what it is. I, I really like Meredith. I've from the get-go, she's been very nice to me via social media, and I, I like her on the show. This specific moment, it just doesn't work for me because I wanted her to stay. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that either Meredith or Lisa could have said to calm down Jen? Because I think all they wanted her to do was to stop yelling and just talk through because... I mean, for me, I have trouble when someone is so hyped up the way Jen was hyped up. It's like she just is talking at you and she's not absorbing anything you're saying. So it's hard to have a conversation that's interactive, you know? 
Yeah, I I can understand that for sure. I think what I would say is that, again, when you aren't done processing your own anger or whatever the case may be about a situation and either some time passes, because I don't know the timeline from which they had the bath to Vegas. I see. So I'm not, yeah. I don't have that, but like, I feel like if it was a really short time, she might still not be over it, which clearly that was. But also if it was a long time, she could have boiled and boiled and boiled and it could have blown. That's when it, that's when it blew. Right. So I don't, I mean, those details are unknown. I don't know. What I didn't understand is it sounds like, I think Jen's really smart in how this is all filmed. And I think she's trying pretty hard to, make sure that they kind of keep things moving and have a show, right? I think she's very aware they're filming and, you know, she's not going to disengage, right? Because she wants to make the show work really well. And it sounds like she was talking to Whitney separately and was like, oh, Lisa's going to come for you. And like, she was almost like setting up a different kind of fight, I think, that's sort of the impression I got. And then they showed up in Las Vegas and for Lisa to forgive Whitney so quickly, like that argument wasn't going to happen. So I felt like she was a little frustrated, maybe not for the reason, like almost for reasons related to the show, but I could be wrong. I mean, I feel like that's a good theory. I, I feel like the show it's it's almost choppy the the whole you know jen and and whitney and jen saying she's going to come for you that whole conversation like we never saw that and so they put it in and it caused confusion coming around the corner it was like a rock that fell from the the mountain the big boulder and you like had to like navigate around it and i feel like it wasn't in there so how were we to really judge what really happened so i feel like it was a disconnect and we didn't get to judge it for what it actually was. So I feel like we were robbed of that moment for sure, because I would have liked to see that. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to see unseen footage during the reunion, like what happened with Monique and the rumors and stuff and how she kept on saying the reason she was angry with everyone was due to these rumors, but we didn't hear these rumors, you know, on the show. So it, it feels like some there's something else going on for and I believe Jen isn't only upset at Whitney because of what happened. I feel like there's something else. It just doesn't make sense to me why she would still be so angry. Yeah, I mean, obviously I, you know, I don't talk to Jen like on a daily basis at all and she can't really (laughs) obviously talk to me about the show but I just I feel like if I were to guess because I I just feel like yeah I feel like she would probably like I don't know I feel like she's probably stewing a little bit in in what she's supposed to do right like Mm -hmm. she's like you said trying to keep the show moving right trying to stay engaged and and make the storyline work but I think at that moment, she just couldn't contain her emotion, really. You know, she was angry and she blew up. What I'm having trouble understanding is why isn't she just pissed at Mary? Like, Mary's the one that told Whitney this stuff. Whitney shared it. So she can be annoyed at Whitney for sharing it. But if she's like, who's the liar? 
will go back to Mary. Mary's the one that said it. I feel like Mary. <laughs> can we can we get off the highway for a minute and take a, a We're minute? We're gonna do with a detour. Yeah, with Mary. I feel like the first part of the season, the edit was almost better than the last part of the season. Yes. Because you know that there were two production companies on the show, right? So yeah. the editing styles are different. And I feel like Invents edit in the beginning of the season with Mary worked well, but then she stopped filming for whatever reason. And then these pickup scenes kill me in the closet. Like, I want to see Mary with the group. Like, if we're going to have her full time, let's get her back in the game. You I, know how, um, oh no, Bravo has her on like missing on a milk carton. Yes. It's, oh my God. I saw it. <laughs> um, it's I love, so I love crazy. Her. So, the only explanation I've heard for this is that Mary was never supposed to be a full time housewife. But then when they realized her story was so out there, they like made her one after production was done. And so that's why she's in all the confessionals, but she's not in all these group scenes. Yeah. I mean, that's just knowing what like we know about reality shows, right? And the format mm-hmm. that they are housewives specifically. I feel like, yes, it's obvious that, you know, it, it were pick, they were pickup scenes, right? And so like, They're it's just, so it's a funny, weird. Though. Well, yeah. And I don't mind Mary. She can totally come back. I am, I'm neither here nor there with Mary. In fact, I put something out today, I think on Twitter and I put it on my Instagram that I feel like Mary and Jen need to patch it up and they can be the new duo going into season two. I think so. But when you mentioned, you know, the racial stuff earlier and how like it's frustrating to see a woman of color called aggressive, like the words that Mary has used towards Jen are quite racially, I don't know the word, like charged, charged. (laughs) What is the the word that the New York Times uses instead of saying something's racist? They say it's like racially um, charged. Yeah. Or something like that. It's <laughs> also speaking as someone who lives, um, next to a seven 11, <laughs> quite offended <laughs> by Mary. <laughs> uh, I mean, she had a couple of moments, right. But overall, I feel like it's not enough to get her disqualified for season two. Oh, nothing. I don't think anything, any of these women have done are enough to get them disqualified for disqualified for season two. I want them all back. Agree. 100%. We can bring 100%. in maybe a new one, but I wouldn't get rid of anyone. Yeah. I mean, I think that they all bring a certain aspect to the show. They all play a role on the show. And the only thing that I will say, well, not the only thing, because we'll keep talking. <laughs> but <laughs> one thing I will say is that, you know, season one never happens again. And season two changes a lot. Um, and, you know, I think that everyone should just be on their toes and ready to work. Right. And like be all in. And I think that hopefully they are. I'm excited for them to start filming again. Me too. So then I was really interested to see this dynamic between Whitney and Heather, who are really close and Lisa and Meredith, who are really close, all four of them kind of getting together and trying to process how angry Jen was because you know, she kind of didn't hit Heather, but she pushed Heather away in a what I would I would use the term aggressive. I thought it was an aggressive, physically aggressive thing to do um, at that moment. 
And they're all just very shocked, and they're trying to piece together things Jen has told them. And I feel like Jen was sort of self-producing, right, which is sometimes a, a housewife can overdo. And it was like, well, she was telling me about this, or she was talking about that, um, and, you know, dropping bombs about Meredith's marriage. I mean, you know, I'm sure viewers are interested what the hell is going on with her marriage, you know? So... I don't view that as much as a friend thing as much as Jen trying to produce a show. Does that make sense? Yes, I feel similarly maybe how Leanne could have felt um, on Dallas because she made the comment herself over and over that she felt like she was the only one bringing the the drama. And so maybe that was a a similar feeling. I'm not sure. I I know what I would like to see for season two with Jen. And it's definitely being a little bit more vulnerable and willing to kind of let these women in. You know, it's clear that Sharif is like her rock, right? So if she can just trust a little bit, a couple of these women, I think her and Lisa are good as far as I know. Um, you know, and just kind of, latch on to a good friend, I think she's going to be fine. And I think working on herself and maybe addressing some of these anger issues or, you know, emotions that she has will be beneficial. And, you know, I think that we watch the real housewives of anywhere, right. To kind of watch these women and, and using New Jersey, for an example, or Orange County or Atlanta, these children are like in high school that were, four, two, three, like Adriana was born on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So I feel like we're invested in their lives, right? So we want to see them do better than they did the season before. Totally. I I feel like I'm Aristotle or something tonight. It's very, like, introspective. (laughs) No, I feel the same way. Although I have some opinions on Sharif that may not be popular. Oh, no. I don't trust him something's off where he is sort of like the morally superior one who gets frustrated with his wife for acting out and doesn't speak to her for four days when he's the one that wasn't there for her when her father died. And I feel like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be judgmental. That makes you a bad partner. And the fact that he couldn't like pull it together or like figure out why she was lashing out and why she was so upset when all of this happened within the year after her father died. I mean, is he an idiot or is he just doesn't care? I, I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm so, I'm so mad about that. that, Yeah. I feel the passion behind your, your comments. And I feel like you're, you're angry because you want him to be better to Jen based on on what we saw. Right. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know because I wasn't there and, and I feel like, and maybe I'm going too deep into my own life, but I feel like there are times where I have to also walk away from my husband for a hot minute, maybe not four days, but Th- like, there's a difference between walk away for a hot minute and not speaking for four days. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. I, I, I take that. And I, I also think it's fair to say I'm really frustrated right now. I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret. So I just need a little space. Can you give me a space to process this? I love you and we'll work through this. 
Just I mm-hmm. need a little a moment. And if he's like this wonderful, you know, coach Shah who builds her up all the time, you know, he should be able to say something like that. Now, I also don't think that she should rely on him for everything, right? Like when she's like devastated after this big fight and she's on the phone with him screaming and crying about what happened and he's supposed to build her up like she needs a pep talk from him every day. Like she may need to rely on him a bit less, but I feel like she's over relying on him now just to like try and get his attention because he wasn't there when she really needed him. That's a fair, a fair point. And I think I would just add to that, that, I feel like similar to kind of, I'm going to compare, make a comparison between Stephanie Holman and Jen Shaw for a minute. I feel like both, you know, had careers, but took on the show and, you know, their husbands are busy traveling, like coach coaches football and, or I think it's football, um, you know, and Travis, I'm sure travels for work. So they're kind of thrown into this filming and, and, you know, maybe find out that, it's a lot for them to handle. So, you know, the the emotion compounds. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I feel like it's a great, a great, like, not science experiment. What am I trying to say? Like a great study in like human emotion and in communication, for sure. I guess, isn't it weird to say that the housewives could probably write books upon books upon books about communication? Completely. And maybe what not to do? Completely. <laughs> this is what not to do. It's like they're totally like missing each other, right? With their communication styles. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting, and I'm upset it happened in the second to last episode of the season because I want to see more on this, is Lisa being so shocked that Meredith never opened up to her about seeing other people while she was separated from Seth. Yeah, I mean, I would, if if that's, if my friend who I thought was close to um, was hiding something for me or what I perceived to be as hiding. Um, you know, I would probably be a little shocked too. I think that, you know, there are some things, not many, but some things that I keep from my very best friends too. Um, so I can understand Meredith wanting to keep it private. Um, but I, I, and I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I feel like it sounds like this went on for a long time where they were separated for a while. It wasn't just like, oh, this is the first time we've ever separated. So if you've been friends with someone for eight years and they know you, like, how do you hide that you and your husband are separated and you see other people? I mean, apparently do <laughs> quite easily. What did. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do that, <laughs> but she she succeeded in doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that we got to see them reconcile because I feel like that's a marriage I would love to watch because I feel like they banter together. I like their vibe. So I feel like I want to see that grow. So I'm, am glad that they got back together for sure, regardless of who they were seeing previously. Um, and Meredith, I think she said something to all the girls about that. She finally put that to bed in Vegas, right? Like, right. She said it. And Lisa, don't talk about my marriage shocked. So shocked. And I just find that interesting because, see, of all these women, like, Mer- like I'd be, f- like, acquaintances with Lisa and Meredith, but I don't think I could ever trust them as close friends because I don't feel like they let people in in terms of anything that they're vulnerable about. So 
they project this level of perfection. And I, I don't think it's fake. I just think they like to keep things very surface. And so how Meredith relates to others and how Lisa relates to others are like, I love that. What a cute outfit. Oh, let's, you know, it, it does. I feel like they never talk about anything real, which proved my point when Lisa didn't know anything real about her friend's marriage. Now, I don't think friends need to share all the inner issues of their marriage, but if you decide to separate from your partner for a period of time, I feel like you should talk to your friends about it. Yeah, Just, I mean, I, I definitely know, for would, support for sure. I would definitely talk to my friends if I was going through something like that. Yeah, um, I, I mean, but at the same time, maybe that was like the line she wasn't willing to cross, and mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe like the the thing of this and and the disconnect is like maybe they haven't found uh, they generally the cast have not found a good middle point between what I'm going to share, what I'm not going to share and really haven't connected with not even noticing the camera. You know what I mean? I, I wonder yeah. if just I think the, the format of the of show and, mm-hmm. and trying to like get together for season one. And like, I mean, I don't think overall they're, they, none of them were really uncomfortable in front of the camera. I don't think, but I do think there's probably a certain level of, of privacy they want to keep before it all comes unglued and in, in the subsequent seasons. <laughs> No, totally. But it's just interesting because Lisa and Meredith were friends for so many years before they started filming that I assumed that things before they decided to do a TV show that Lisa would know things. Not that she would ever bring it up, but that she would know. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't know. I don't. That's just my (laughs) like thinking that they like to keep things on the surface and not go deep is is a sense I I get from them. I don't. I don't know Meredith and I don't know Lisa as well as I would probably think that I like, as I don't talk to either of them as much as I would, you know, chat with Jen. So, yeah. So, oh man, the next morning, <laughs> Jen has mm. texted them saying that she's heading to the airport. She's done with all of them. And then Heather shows up and she is still in her hotel room with the Shaw squad. I mean, <laughs> Wait, okay, question about the Shaw Squad. Like, where does Jen get all this money? Well, I assume that Coach makes really good money. I don't know. I've not done any sort of research on him. I mean, I don't really... I I guess I don't really... Does coaching make that much money where you have a whole staff of people that work for you? Well, I think she also owned a marketing company or owns a marketing company prior to the show. So I don't know what sort of income that that makes. And um, I guess I don't know where she gets all the money. But like, yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd want to travel that deep. I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be responsible for people's like, making sure they had health care and those Mm -hmm. W2s at the end of every year or W4s. Like, my God, (laughs) she's got quite a staff. Like, what? (laughs) Well, I mean, whatever. I'm glad that I, it's, that's her business, not mine. However she handles all that. I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah. She strikes me as the one to, to manage that type of atmosphere very well. She seems like she'd be very much like just overseeing everything and, and making sure everything was going the way it should go. But it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. 
Well, no, but I'm saying I'm in relation to the Shaw Squad. In relation to the Shaw Squad in everyday life, I feel like yes. she probably is the supervisor, and like her totally. life is is very in order with them. Now totally. in Vegas, it did not go the way it was supposed it to did go. Not. I don't think the Shaw Squad could have saved her from that hot mess that it was. So let's get into her conversation with Heather. So Heather sits down and gives it to her straight, which I appreciated. Like, I feel like Jen sometimes wants people to tell her what she wants to hear or she just really wants to feel heard. And I get that. But Heather's like, whatever conversation you think we're having, like we're having a different one. And um, I think she just tries to reason with her. And it's like, people are upset about last night. You were aggressive. You were very angry. And you upset people. And Jen, it's like, she had to have known she upset people. Like, she left. What did she think happened after that? Yeah, no, I, I think she probably was aware that her actions probably upset some people. Um, and I, I feel like, communication breakdowns are like a huge thing in any kind of setting, right? My, my marriage, my work, whatever. Um, And I feel like, yeah, I I think you were dead on actually, as I'm processing what you said, I feel like she, she couldn't hear what Heather was saying because she was too wrapped up in what she was feeling and she couldn't express what she was feeling. And so she can't express what she's feeling. It's not going to be able to come to her clearly from Heather. Yes. So I I don't know. I feel like, could it come off as overreacting? Probably. But that's just what I recognize because I've I've been in that position before as a uh, communication breakdown. I don't know. I don't know what Jen Shaw's sign is, but if she's a cancer, then that makes perfect sense. I was going to say, and I don't know a whole lot about astrology, but I would say she was a cancer. I, I mean, we are very... We are very like high maintenance and emotional. I'm quite the opposite <laughs> of whatever cancers are. I'm just assuming she's a cancer. So I just have difficulty relating to her l- level of not just level of anger, but her inability to express like why she's so frustrated because she's talking a lot, but she's not saying much. So I just, I don't know. I also have this issue because I've had like a friend or two in my past that I feel like they get very angry and they yell and then they expect you to like get over it. And I have a problem with people yelling sometimes like a lot more than some other things. Like I'm not willing to put up with someone screaming at me. So I'm much more of a Meredith where just like, we can talk when you're ready to talk. But as long as you're yelling and screaming, I'm not going to engage with you this way. And I'm not going to run and follow you to your room that you like slam the door in your hotel room because I've done that, right? I've done that with friends who are highly emotional and reactive and it only allows them to continue doing that behavior moving forward. And I don't think that behavior is acceptable in terms of a friendship. Like, I shouldn't have to put up with someone screaming and yelling, you know? But that's just yeah. my my view. And I, so that's kind of how I see the other women. We're like, we're not going to put up with this. We're your friends, and we care about you, and we want to talk to you. 
But while you're getting like what I believe was like physically aggressive when she like pushed um, Heather's hand and when she got in Whitney's face, that felt to me that it crossed a line. Yeah, I I can understand where, you know, someone could feel that way. And, and I accept that like that's a real feeling. I also don't feel like I can have people yell in my face. Um but I would probably have tried a tad harder. I mean, Lisa tried hard to calm her down, right? And that would probably be be my tactic for a little while and try to try to bring it down. But I mean, she was definitely upset in it, and it, you know, went on for quite a while. So I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that I would have wanted to stay in that situation either. Um, and I, I'm not sure that I would fault Meredith if she hadn't already walked away a few times. Yeah, so I yeah. think taking that out of the equation, I think that I I could have probably done the same thing. And people, everyone deserves to live in their truth, right? So while Jen right. was freaking out, Lisa and Meredith had every right to feel like, stop talking to me like that. I don't, my friends don't do that. You know, there's space for everyone to feel in their own emotions. And right. I you feel know, like I, I think that that's fair. I've done the Lisa thing, right? Like the follow and the follow and like, no, don't leave. Come on. We can talk about this. We can do this. But if someone is not in the headspace to be able to engage, you can't force them. And if they're going to like run away, then let them run away, you know? But then the next day, don't act like you didn't freak out the day before. You know what I didn't like, though? Hmm. Is after dinner when Lisa, Meredith, Whitney, and Heather all went to whoever's room to chat about it, Jen was the only one that was not there, right? So yeah. while I understand like the concept of her leaving the the dinner and everyone being upset, but like upset, no one went to her to check on her. And I think that's what struck me most about that scene is that she was left by herself. And I know she had her shot squad there, but it would have been nice to have somebody follow her to the room, give them some time, like have the conversation fine, but then send whoever Lisa off to check on Jen. I feel like that would have been a better way to handle that. Um, And maybe that happened if we didn't see it. I don't know. Like we were talking about before the editing was weird. I don't think that happened. And I actually think it's totally fine. They didn't check on her when she removed herself. She removed herself. It's not anyone's job to make sure she's okay. After she yells at them. She's the one that did the yelling. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's true. It's that, that is definitely true. And I just would have hoped that someone, I was disappointed that no one followed her. And that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like when someone is acting out like the most, there's clearly a pain point somewhere. And I guess I've just been in a situation like you where like I've had to call it quits, but I've also been in a situation where it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sympathetic to Jen because she's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I ride for Jen Shaw and I, I feel like there are things she's done that I would not do. And yeah. She has overreacted, in my opinion, on some things. But I don't believe her to be this crazy, unhinged woman. Oh, I don't think people are crazy and unhinged. I think we're catching her in the midst of extreme grief, right? She's mad about all these things. But I think she's just truly angry that her dad died and that she was left alone to pick up the pieces. 
That's what I think her real anger comes from. And everything else, she makes it about Whitney. She makes it about this. She makes it about that. I don't think it that is really the real reason of her anger. So until she addresses her deep-seated grief and the fact that her husband wasn't there for her in her moment of need after being married to him for 24 years, like... I don't think she's going to be able to move on. So I'm hoping she's in therapy and I'm hoping she's trying to work things out herself, but also with her husband, you know? I mean, you and I both know grief is like the craziest. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) she is locked in a moment where she can't get out of her head about her dad. I'm sure she's definitely doing that. that It it reminds me a little bit of Lala Kent this season after her dad died her dad died and then she started filming a few months later and she was so angry and so mean and ariana who had also lost her dad she was like listen you you can't behave that way like she was being like the heather to be like i get you're upset but like you can't take it out on everyone and you know i don't i hope jen is receptive to those words because I think she's a good well, yeah, person, I, you know? I think I think no one's given her those words, right? I like, do you feel like... Yeah, the one to finally tell her. I don't think anyone else is going to, like, tell it to her straight. Like Heather, you know? Well, and who knows? Hopefully at the reunion there's some sort of of clarity. And, and moving on, Heather filmed something with Bryce Sander and... Apparently, it was just a doozy of a reunion. So, it was, we'll see what happens. It wasn't a good reunion. Well, no, she was just saying that it was like intense. They filmed oh, that day, and yeah, and you know, she. Do yeah, I not know a what a doozy means? <laughs> <laughs> a doozy, like a big one. <laughs> like <laughs> that was a know. doozy of a belch. I think I like, like interpreted that as like, oh, it was a snooze. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> doozy like if you have to bake like a, a, a cookie that is like three cookies in one because that was all of the the dough and you make a big cookie like it's a doozy of a cookie <laughs> how did i like <laughs> miss this like very common phrase in the english language i totally you were yeah. like it's a doozy i was like what do you what like it wasn't good <laughs> boring <laughs> no uh, I'm and sure. also you can you can use doozy in a negative tense too like 2020 was a doozy of a year so it all depends on how you're using it it's a very versatile word oh gonna start throwing that in (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) this podcast is a doozy it is (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't know do you do you like heather on the show do you appreciate her and jen's relationship do you think that they can move forward together Yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. I like I like Heather on the show. I think that she makes a really good housewife. Um, I think that her and Jen probably have some real issues to work out after this season. And yeah. if they can sit down and collectively talk through them honestly, I think that they could have a relationship. Um yeah, I mean, I I don't have lost hope for for Heather and Jen at all. I think they can fix what's broken, but they both have to want to fix it. Totally. How much did you love that hypnotist? 
She was she was a little crazy, right? And I don't feel like Jen was loving her at all. <laughs> she wasn't, but she, I was loving her. I loved her energy so much. <laughs> she she was definitely making sure everyone stayed engaged and like paying attention to what they were supposed to do. And I mean, she probably got a little snippy for me towards the end, but again, I'm I'm totally behind Jen Shaw, so she could like I don't know, do whatever, and I. <laughs> I find a way to like, excuse it, I guess. I don't know. I feel like she, she picked at Jen a little bit, but yeah, but Jen, I felt like needed to be picked at, I guess. Yes. Because yes. With her, she kept on using conditionalities and her apology to Meredith. And finally the hypnotist was like, just say it. Like, it's like such a release. It's like, <laughs> you know, just say you're sorry. If you mean it, let it go. I, and I was like, uh, that is so true. Like when you own your shit, it should be a relief. Yes, it should be. And I wonder if they wouldn't have done better with like an actual counselor. Yeah. Maybe Jen wouldn't have felt as whatever. And I mean, and look at set the setup, right? Like she had just come in, she told them she was leaving. They all didn't know she was there. So it was just very heavy on the, the energy. I can't remember what Meredith said, but she made the comment, like the energy just changed in here as soon as everyone walked in the door. Yeah. And it's interesting that Jen said, you know, they should know me by now. And my reaction is big when it's about people that I care about. Um, as if like that makes it okay. And I don't know because no one ever sat down or no one ever told her, Hey, your behavior isn't okay. You can't yell at people like that and expect them to stick around, you know? So hopefully someone doesn't, does that tells her and she becomes Zen Jen for season two. I love it. Zen Jen. I feel like anything she can do to, explore those issues and feel more at peace, I think is fabulous as well as everyone else on the cast too. You know, that's, I think everyone deserves that. I think she brings up a lot of issues that a lot of people can feel. I very much relate to the feeling of, um, you know, after you bury a parent or decisions that you have to make when you're, when your parent is sick in the hospital and hooked up to a bunch of life-saving machines, it's tough. It's really tough. So I, f- I feel her on that. And when she speaks about that, I really relate. When she's yelling about Whitney and making it seem like it's Whitney's fault that Sharif's birthday like went all crazy, she kind of loses me. <laughs> but yeah. So what do you hope to see for a season two Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Oh my gosh. I... Uh, let me count the things. I really think I want to see a shakeup in some relationships. We need to see a little clarity from the end of season one. We need to recap on the off season and and people need to talk and, and get it together. Um, I am crossing my fingers for a new housewife or a friend of for season two. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but I hope it does. I always like new blood. Yeah. Who, like what kind of a person or personality or who would they be an ally of? Oh gosh. I don't know. I feel like maybe one of Lisa's friends or one of Jen's friends. I feel like Heather and Whitney are like a Stephanie and Brandy 
So I feel like they're a package deal. So they have each other. Meredith, I think, is kind of sitting next to Lisa cautiously, you know, <laughs> away from Jen <laughs> next to Whitney. So yeah. I, I feel like there's somebody that could fit in this cast. It's just a matter of finding the right person. Um, you know, I thought I wanted it to be now that the season's over, I feel like I can say this. I'm not having to court everybody and everyone knows how I feel. Um, I feel like I wanted more grand, you know, I feel like Salt Lake city is full of money. Right. So I want Mm -hmm. to, as we add new cast members, I want to see the big, beautiful homes and the cars and stuff like that. I didn't feel like we got a lot of, of that. I feel like there was a lot of group woman drama, which obviously we want the show, but the flashbacks of the giant houses and the, Maseratis or whatever they are, the Aston Martins, the Bentleys. I want a little Beverly Hills and Salt Lake City. Yeah. I'd like to see them maybe not during winter. <laughs> I know, like it's fun <laughs> to watch them like ski and everything. But what is Salt Lake like when it's in July? What does it yeah, look like? Yeah, I don't like? know. I would love to visit for sure. I've just never been there, but I don't really, I've never been around mountains like that. I've been to California. I've never been to any mountainous state mm-hmm. really. And I would love to see it. It's beautiful. I love the the landscape they caught for sure. It's Those yeah. It's gorgeous. Hands over the gorgeous. like valleys and the snow capped mountains. It's like, you just want to bundle up in a hoodie and a scarf and go sledding. Does anyone ever hang out at the lake? Like, you know how in Chicago, everyone, like, goes to, like, Michigan? Like, in mm-hmm. the lake in Salt Lake? Can can a listener who's been to Salt Lake City <laughs> tell me? Yeah. yeah. Hello. Is it super salty? Is it, like, the Dead Sea where people go in there to, like, replenish their skin and float? Like, what what do people do at the Salt Lake? <laughs> is, is Salt Lake even a real lake? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know if there's a lake called Salt Lake. No, there is. It's huge. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, then there and you then go. The I don't know the, what they do to it. But I just, and I know that there is a lot of salt, like not just in the lake, but around the lake. But I just don't know, like, is it an attraction? You know, I, I know like the I mountains are an attraction. Social. I feel like I saw some social media from Lisa over the summer while she was floating on some water with some really cool, like cavernous, like mountains. Okay. Really pretty. So I think probably they like boat on the lake. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if she was at Salt Lake though. I need to, uh, I need to go look into this, but would really appreciate if a listener who is from Utah or has traveled there could, could let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we go down to your neck of the woods in Texas? Here we go. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. So heading down to Dallas. First of all, I love the season. It's definitely not feeling um, as, I don't know, like sort of PTSD about COVID the way that some of the other shows have been, you know? Yes. Um, I am quite annoyed at their, um, that they're wearing those face shields that are just, I don't know. I mean, they're not completely useless, but they're certainly not helpful. And so when they're walking, yeah, just put a mask on when you're walking through that winery with someone who you're not, yeah, you're filming with them, but like, you know, to show a little respect. Um, 
So everyone's super hungover from Carrie's 50th birthday party. And you see Carrie, Stephanie, and Jen get together. And then Deandra, Brandy, and Carrie. It's a weird mix, right? Like the the cast, I think, has worked really well together so far. I was not expecting those groups to disperse as they did. I know. Were they told? Like, were they given like a sheet and been like, show up at this time? It's just unusual. Another thing, they have alluded to the fact a few times that Jen doesn't drink. So has she explained anything around that? I I have not seen anything. And I noticed that on this last episode where Carrie said something about it on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about um, about Jen's alcohol fight. Yeah. So I think she filmed as a housewife and then they had to edit her to be a friend of because she apparently had a confessional, I think, where she talked about her why she's not drinking and she thought it would be shown in this week's episode because she tweeted about it. Like tonight, you guys are going to see a bit of my story. And then we didn't see anything. And I watched it twice just to be like, wait, did I miss this? <laughs> I didn't notice that. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, she tweeted it. Maybe she deleted it. But I remember reading it and been like, did I miss the reasons or the story? Because it'd be an interesting situation with Carrie kind of always pressuring everyone to party and drink. But does she clearly doesn't, you know, pressure Jen so well at least i hope not i hope not oh god just what we don't need is carrie pushing alcohol on someone who doesn't drink i know what do you think of carrie and deandra's friendship where they just kind of can't stand each other (laughs) i don't know i don't know how much of that is just carrie pushing deandra for like jokes and giggles i'm not sure she really digs though my god she doesn't let go that's true. She does go hard at her. Oh, and often, every episode, it seems like. It's, like, obnoxious. Deandra has had enough, though, officially this week, for sure. Oh, I loved that. Um, So we see Tiffany get her ACLS certification, um, which was, you know, cool. She, I like that she's, like, explaining to people what it means to be an anesthesiologist and to be a doctor and all of this. What I'm not here for is like her mom guilt. You know, I just don't care about that kind of story. I don't want to <laughs> see people with young kids and having to deal with the problems of young kids. Like if you have young kids, don't make them part of your story. That's just my own personal. Like I watch housewives to watch usually like women who have older children, you know, rather than. I don't know. I like how on Atlanta, Porsche is not always talking about PJ as like a storyline. It's just PJ, her kid, but it's not everything that's going on. So I just feel like we hear this all the time, you know, like, oh, and I'm at work and I'm not with them and I like can't be the perfect wife and I can't be the perfect mom and I can't be the perfect doctor. And it's like, we know no one's perfect. No one's trying to make you to be perfect. Like, I don't want to listen to you work through that. <laughs> maybe I'm, I mean I, maybe I'm harsh. I just it's just your personal preference, I think. Yeah. But I feel like she is a good housewife. I feel like she's brought so much. Oh, like, I think she's everything a great to the show. housewife. I, I love just, her. 
don't want that particular storyline from anyone. Sure. I. You know what? Did we have that conversation the last time we recorded, maybe? Oh, my God, maybe. It's like my biggest irk. It's like I don't want to see your issues with your kids unless it's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. No, I mean, totally. I feel like you could you could totally get that. But I think that the other thing that I like about having a doctor on the show is I feel like it elevates the whole cast. Yeah. In a way that like totally someone signs on the dotted line to film. And I don't feel like she's doing it for the drama reasons. I feel like she's doing it to put herself out there to push herself to do something new, but she's also including, you know, the real life events, what it's like to be a doctor during COVID and have these patients tell her some, can I swear on here? Shit. Oh yeah. Um, About being, you know, Asian. I just don't like that. I appreciate everything she's bringing from her fashion to her intellect to like her talking about her Asian heritage and growing up in China and spending years not seeing her parents and then finally coming to the U.S. and not knowing any English and being, you know, then excelling at everything. So I find her fascinating. I think Carrie doesn't like she's like jealous or something. Because when Deandra was standing up for Tiffany, she's like, oh, Deandra's up Tiffany's asshole or something like that. I I don't know. Carrie, I admittedly, and I feel like we talked about this the last time, maybe. Carrie was not my favorite person last season because I was always Team Leanne. Um, I think there's a place for Carrie, but I don't feel like Carrie has found her stride and her identity on the show yet. I feel like hopefully we will find her, but I feel like... If she is jealous, could it be because Tiffany seemed to fit right in and have no issue adjusting? Maybe. I think all the women like Carrie. Like, I think Brandy and Stephanie and all them, like, like Carrie. But I don't think the audience likes Carrie. I I don't think the audience likes Carrie either. I can agree with that. I, Which is weird. I feel like last season they loved her because <laughs> they were like, she was going after Leanne. Oh, I don't think anyone loved her last season. I just think they had to keep her on because Leanne had said some shitty things about her being Mexican. And so, like, if they get rid of Leanne, they can't get rid of, like, the person who's Mexican. You know? No, fair. Yeah, no, So, totally. But I don't think she really brought much to it last season. Like, I wasn't interested in her storyline with her husband or her jewelry business that doesn't even seem like a real thing, you know? Yeah. She's not bringing Her a whole lot. conversation, though, was good. That was nice. Um, it was, to see. But I felt, I don't know, I feel like even in scenes where she's talking to her daughter about depression and anxiety, she's still bringing things back to herself about how she is as a mom and how it made her feel. It was a little weird. I, I don't know. I thought it was a little weird. Yeah, I feel like she had to make it not about herself, but she had to tie back this experience to her own life. And I think in those moments, sometimes you're better off just not saying anything and allowing someone to express what they're feeling. I completely agree. I I feel like at some point you just kind of have to let it go. And, you know, I clearly it was all in pretty quickly in that conversation. 
the one kind of thing I do find interesting is Deandra's situation with her stepbrother. I really want this to lead somewhere. I will be very frustrated if we don't get a scene with the stepbrother. If all we see yeah. is her talk about it and like drive across town and like put a letter in a mailbox. Like I want this to go somewhere. Well, I feel like I thought about that as we were watching it. Don't you think that he probably has to know that the cameras are following her because she's throwing a letter in a random mailbox? Like, who else is she going to put it in unless she picks a friend to put a letter in a mailbox for? I don't know. I am with you. I want to see what happens. I didn't know she really had a brother. Um, You know, I knew she had another part of the family that she didn't really talk to, but I didn't know it was a brother. So I am totally in agreement. I would really like to see where it goes, too. I think it could be a really, a really good story to unpack and see. Yeah, it's just interesting, like that there was these two wills and did it matter so much? Couldn't they have just like split everything down the middle? I think I think she was mad because her dad got remarried and had a son and he spent a lot more time with that son than he spent with Deandra growing up. Yeah, I guess you know? I, I come from a, a family that didn't have separate parents. So I can't even begin to like try to understand what that's like. So that's why we need this to move on. I need this. I need to, I yes. need to see more. Agree. I'm a little less interested in Stephanie decorating her office, but I do like her standing up to her husband and saying, I want to get back to who I was before I met you, which makes me a little bit worried for Stephanie. It's like, did you lose yourself after getting married? Like, you know what? I mean, I get when you have young kids, it becomes everything is around them, but I just it reminded me of like sort of more early seasons of Travis where he wasn't very supportive of her and he kind of made fun of her all the time. I wonder if he feels like he has to do that every season. Like reinforce that storyline. Yeah. Or or is he just annoyed that there are cameras so he takes it out that way? I don't know. I feel like he probably enjoys the exposure for his locker business, right? I think he had the I don't think there's a lot of other makers of lockers, from my understanding. So I think he's got that market like locked up, no Order. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that she used to be a social worker. And I would really love if she went back to being a social worker. And that was part of her story, as opposed to like a foundation, um, which it's great, you know, but I'm just... I don't know. I, I love social workers. My sister's a social worker and you have to have a big heart to be a social worker. And I would love to see that side of Stephanie for sure. I think that she has been consistent in her journey and I am all about watching her kind of grow into herself after the boys are now at an age where they're in school and, you know, she's doing what she wants to do and and has a project of her own. We've only ever seen her really be a housewife and a mom, right? Never really yeah. a boss. So I think that that's a good transition. And, and I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. Me too. And then Deandra plans this big outing to Grapevine for Brandy's birthday. And I don't know. So you're from Texas. Like, do you know anything about Grapevine? How far it is from Dallas? Is it like well known? Is Texas known for wineries? I mean, Grapevine, I know of Grapevine. I've never been there. 
Um, so I can't really speak on like what's there, but yeah, we have really great wineries like Fredericksburg comfort. There's a lot of good places like that where you can just get away for the weekend, maybe grab like a B and B and drink wine all weekend. It's really actually quite like charming and quaint. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. I think it's fun, you know, to, for them to, to get out and go somewhere for a day, you know, um, this is interesting. I think, you know, Brandy not wanting to be a burden on people and her birthday. I think a lot more people don't like their birthday than like their birthday. So I found this somewhat relatable. Is that how you are? You don't like to celebrate your birthday? No, I like to celebrate my birthday, but it's um, like an uncomfortable milestone. I wonder why that is. Like, do you feel like it's because do you feel the same as Brandy that you don't want to burden other people with like gifting you? Oh no, no, that doesn't you? bother me. I don't, I don't need gifts, and I don't worry about people who give me gifts. That you know, it's more. I think maybe it's because since my mom died, it's like I'm constantly marking another year. I'm getting older, and she's not around. Okay, that I understand completely. <laughs> and so okay. I, I, and it's so close. My birthday is very close to Mother's Day, so it just feels like mm. a double gut punch. Oh um, my gosh! So maybe that's why I don't. Yeah. You know what? I bet I used to like my birthday and I just don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday you will again. Yeah. No, I mean, I I like getting together with people, but I don't know. I feel like I'm downed for like a week or two. You know, usually around that around that time. Um, so there is a poll a stripper pole in this van that they took out there and i had no idea that deandra could pole dance me either i was shocked to see that i was very impressed it is such a good workout i've done a pole dancing class and i could honestly barely walk for two days after because of how sore really? my abs were so sore like <laughs> you have to like pull you i mean it's just Think of like when you were a kid on the playground and there used to be sometimes like a a pole that you could slide down. Did you ever have that? Yes. And sometimes you'd want to do these tricks where you like slid in. I don't know. I didn't realize that I was doing like stripper pole stuff at the the kindergarten playground. But it's like, it's hard, you know, even, you know, like, have you ever tried to do monkey bars as an adult? No, but I loved monkey bars when I was a kid. Me too. It's like everything changes and becomes so much harder when you're an adult. And I feel like the the pull, like being able to just like pull yourself up is is tough. Well, I mean, to be fair, I guess, and just as the point of of order here, men definitely don't have the freedom that women do to (laughs) go up and down the pole without having some sort of stoppage you know there's y'all are are yes yes not not equipped like we are (laughs) so the pole the pole provides a problem it's not a it's not a swift exit and around it's different i appreciated jen's dancing around the pole um but i really wanted to see tiffany it was funny she was like i i didn't learn how to do that in medical school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I feel is like a slight dig to the fact that like she's a doctor and these women aren't not that I think she meant it like facetious no. or not like rude but I feel like it was like soft shade it was light shade which it was, was a little light shade it. yeah yeah but I I would have appreciated her trying it out like no for sure 
couldn't for sure well maybe maybe she felt like she didn't want to because Cameron didn't eat the chicken foot maybe she felt slighted (laughs) (laughs) oh my god is Cameron ever gonna let that go Oh, God. Well, it's just like in season three when they were in Beaver Creek. And it was like, I Carrie Duber's confessional. She's like a badger. Badger, yep. badger, badger. Like, just stop. Get off the wheel. I <laughs> miss Carrie Duber. Oh, my God. She's, you know, we get another medical person to kind of hang out with Tiffany. I would bring Carrie Duber like, back in a second. Yeah, I feel like that would elevate the show a little bit. And it would definitely change the dynamic. Um which I would really like to see in Dallas too. I, this might sound rude and sorry if it does, you know me. I just feel like some of these these shows don't feel rich enough anymore. And I feel like the the caliber of cast has changed. Like Orange County, like Heather Dubrow, she was so rich. And when Heather Dubrow was on Orange County, it was like peak to me. Yeah. So I like the the idea of, of having real housewives, obviously, but the opulence is something that I think is missing in Dallas. But I think they're some of the richest, actually. Like Cam Westcott and Tiffany Moon, I think are two of the richest people in Dallas. Well, and Stephanie Holman is worth... And Stephanie Holman, oh my God, a, yes. A shit ton of money. So yes, they. I guess they they have money, but they don't live... like. I feel like Tiffany's the first one that's like shown us a huge house and like the the views of her home when when her scenes coming in it just feels so grand i just yeah. and maybe maybe the other women's homes are are not as grand i don't know i just maybe we just haven't seen i feel like stephanie holman's home is huge well and you know what we haven't ever really seen anything but the kitchen and the bed in the bathroom the master bathroom like we barely well i mean i don't think we've ever seen the boys rooms which we don't need to really i guess unless they're filming in there for like a scene or something we need to see more you're right we need to see more of this wealth i loved seeing cameron's father-in-law's home oh that was gorgeous i mean that yard the fact that they threw that party in that yard that was incredible yeah and i remember that that hitting social media while it was happening oh like Trying when to figure was out, this? Like I don't know. It was back back in the day, like um, July, August. Yeah, the, about that time frame because they started filming about that time. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the filming of the season being fairly short. I feel like they were they filmed a lot in a short amount of time. Um, and I don't know how many episodes they got out of the season. It might be kind of short. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure. I think it started with eight or 10, and then I think they added four, maybe. Mm-hmm. But side note on that part, 13 episodes for a season one of Salt Lake City and a three-part reunion, that's unheard of. Oh, so, I am so excited. I think it's one of the best first season Housewives we've ever seen. Agree, 100%. Like ever, 110%. maybe since, probably since Beverly Hills. Oh, I, Beverly Hills, rest in peace, season three through five, Beverly Hills. There was nothing like seasons three through five of Beverly Hills. Actually, there was really nothing like seasons one through five in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Nothing. So good. So good. Um, So then the big thing is, you know, well, first of all, we've got Brandy's head on a stick, which I... That was so weird. (laughs) Like, why would you do that? I didn't get the. I didn't get the joke. I didn't get the joke either. It was just like kind of funny that it just kept 
hang it, like it just kept popping up. I was like, where is this? Like, why is this funny? Yeah. And I didn't really think it was that funny, but I mean, whatever it is, what it is. It, I mean, her hair was done nice. Yeah. And so then some of the ladies go to the bathroom and Carrie like keeps berating Deandra about her poor event planning, how there was no ice in their um, van on the way there and the tequila was warm and she didn't tell the person at the winery that Jen didn't drink and she just keeps going on and on and on. And Cam is a little bit uncomfortable and was like, this is such a lovely spread. I've never seen such a wonderful spread. And she's like, well, Deandra had nothing to do with that. <laughs> like, she just wouldn't stop. And as Deandra was like putting on makeup and powdering herself, she just started to read Carrie for filth. And I'm mm-hmm. here for it. I'm so annoyed sure. by Carrie. Well, can we discuss a, like maybe like a behind the scenes moment of shooting a reality show? Yeah. Like if they're not getting what they need, they stop and they coach these women. Right. So like, and I don't know for your listeners out there who like dives into reality TV like I do, but like, they stop and go if they need to. And Mm -hmm. I just wonder, like, I feel like last season Carrie's execution to like Leanne was better than it is this year. So I'm not sure like if there was just like some coaching that needed to happen or, or what it just, it felt a little disjointed as well. Right. Like I feel like her, her kept go, she kept going and going and going and it wasn't necessary. It became too much. And Maybe she doesn't know when to quit. Maybe that's my point. Yeah. I don't like know. Cameron I just... and the chicken feet. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> badger, badger, badger. I mean, but... now they have their podcast, Cam and Carrie. So two piece in the pod. They have a podcast? Oh, my God. You didn't know? Yeah. It came out maybe like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. It's called Cam and Carrie or something. Do they it's have any a... chemistry? I've never listened to it. It's an odd couple. I'm not sure I can. I prefer them on TV. Yeah. And Cam, especially Cameron is someone to watch, right? The scenes of her and her dog and her dog walking on the treadmill. (laughs) I can identify with that. I have a Yorkie. Yes. I, I would love to put Mr. Bo on a treadmill, but he probably would never allow it. So. Yeah. My dog would not do that at all, but it's so (laughs) funny that her dog does. Like, I love it. Because. Cameron Westcott's dog would do that. It just fits the it fits the bill. <laughs> She's so funny. She's I didn't really hilarious. like Cameron her first season. I oh. thought she was a lot. I loved her. I was like I pink think dog fabulous. food. And then yeah. what? Who was it? Someone bought was it Brandy? Like some glitter pills that she could take so that she shits pink glitter. Oh. My God. I mean, that's just going <laughs> overboard. Like, that's where I draw the line. Like, let's not do that. First of all, why do you want glitter in your GI trap? Like, no thanks. I'm good with just keeping anything it should be in there in there. I know. Oh, I wonder if that caused a GI intestinal issue. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like in the beginning seasons, her and Stephanie were always making jokes about poop and stuff like that. So, well, Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm yeah. interested to see like what the big drama of the season is going to be. Like, where do we go from here? Do they do any trips anywhere or do they just stick around Dallas? No, they went somewhere. 
they went to, I think it was Lake Austin or Lake Travis, which is near Austin. Okay. I don't know when um, we'll see that, but I think that that's where they went. They did have a Castro. And I think they also go to Oklahoma, but I'm not sure about that either. It's somewhere up there north of us. Okay. Um, But I think we have two two more trips. Yeah. So that would make sense. I think that is it. Um, But yeah, no, I think it's going to shape up to be a good season. I feel I am... I put a a post out there the other day. I'm cautiously optimistic because I feel like the first four episodes have really kind of surprised me and how they've been produced. I think that the editing is way better than it was last season. And I'm pleasantly surprised at how much I'm liking this season. I'm liking it too. Um, Shall we quickly dive into very briefly Atlanta? Wanted to get your thoughts. So, um, what do you think of Ralph, uh, just pretending to play a doting husband to Drew after the first few episodes of this season? You know, he was just so horrible. And now he's like, I'm gonna buy you a scooter because it's hard for you to walk places. Yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about Ralph. I feel like speaking of disappearing for days, <laughs> I <laughs> that would not work for me personally. I, I, so, you know, I, I can't really say that I blame Drew for feeling the way she is. I would want answers too. I do feel like she came into the season a little heavy right away, which I would have preferred a little lighter entrance, you know, not, not the ribeye right away. I prefer like a nice, you know, seaweed salad or some miso. (laughs) Edamame. Yeah. (laughs) Like not right in all the way, but I do like her. I think she's a good addition to the season. Yeah. What do you think of LaToya? I love that Kenya has a sidekick because I love Kenya. So I feel like I, she's a lot, which also Kenya is a lot. So I understand kind of why they're, together but I was a little shocked honestly when they started to become so close because Kenya really doesn't do well with the same personality I feel like I feel like there's always a conflict like Portia's very you know assertive and not afraid to say shit and you know her and Kenya go at it like cats and dogs so I'm not sure where Latoya's gonna fit in or or how long their friendship will last um I hate to doomsday it but I feel like I just don't, I don't see Kenya doing well with someone that's just like her, but I mean, their shenanigans are fun to watch for now. So maybe I should just live in the moment. Yeah, no, I totally think that it's eventually going to implode. Yeah. I, and I think it has to, you know, (laughs) I don't really like, I haven't really clicked with or connected with this Fallon. Like, I feel like people are tweeting about Fallon and I'm just, Oh, the girl with the husband that has a big pool. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel oh, like no. she she's is beautiful. Nothing, so that's how I feel. So I don't know why she's getting oh, all of this chatter. I have but. not seen the chatter about Fallon. Oh, yeah. it's out there in the underbelly of Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's better than the underbelly of some other some other topics on Twitter. That's for sure. Oh um, my god! So Drew has the ladies over for dinner and. Um, they all start planning for their trip to Isle of Palms in South Carolina. And 
uh, nothing really happens at this dinner except for Portia's like, hey, Drew, Latoya's like shading your wig. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be like that big of a story line or reason to be that annoyed. So I don't know. I wasn't really into it. But what I was so into is Drew making fun of Latoya's YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. I agree with with Drew. I feel like is is it uh, I would just like to know legitimately is it is it a job for her to do that? You know, I feel like depending on how many subscribers she has, yeah. Yeah. You get paid yeah. a lot. Well, and I mean, good honor then. I feel like maybe Drew should get on a YouTube channel too. But I will say this, that shade was delivered perfectly. Yes. I enjoyed every moment of that however long it was. I feel like she <laughs> she did a really good job. I love that they're breaking the fourth wall and the producers, you can hear them questioning. I love that, that change in the format. Oh, me too. And they're like, like, does she, she's like, does she have a job? And they're like, she's a YouTube channel. And she's like, is that a job? I was like, oh, I love this. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Cause it gives you context, right. Of what the, the interview is all about. And the also thing I'm, the other thing I'm liking is the, the duo confessionals that um, yes. Jeremy and Deandra are giving us, that Travis and Stephanie are giving us. Um, the best is Dorit and PK. Oh my God. Their hamburger outfits. I'll never <laughs> forget. It's like, <laughs> I loved that so much. I, I can't get over how much I love them. Uh, you know, I said something the other day, like I was never a Dorit fan, but I apologize to Dorit in the world forever making any derogatory comments about Dorit because she has come into her own and I do not think the show would be what it is without her now. Like she has really nothing cemented herself into that cast and into that show. And she is a vital, vital member of that ensemble and don't ever leave Dorit, please. If you ever hear this, don't ever leave. I love her and I love her dynamic with PK. Like it is, it's everything. And I I agree him at first no i know but it's so weird how i feel like they were able to change the narrative that the events that were filmed and the subsequent seasons that were aired kind of caused them right like i'm not blaming Mm -hmm. the edit per se but i will say that like maybe had they not filmed their financial issues might not have come to light they would have been handled the way they would that video from where were they at jamaica where that woman chased her around the pool with lisa rinna yeah yeah I feel like they recovered from that pretty well and kind of just kind of handled it. And now here they are selling their house again. They just bought a house. like, <laughs> And they're like, who cares who's buying this house? Like, it's none of y'all's business. Like, it's our business. And they've moved on. They were able to to claim the narrative and, and kind of put it to bed. So they had to do work again. Production, I mean. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's so funny. Uh-huh. Um, I do like them together. I love them. So then we see everyone get ready to take this like shuttle bus. Um, and then separately, Kenya, Latoya, baby Brooklyn, and the nanny take a private jet to get to South Carolina before everyone else. And apparently Kenya didn't want Drew to tell everyone that they were going to take a private jet. But like, Kenya knows what she's doing. She knows it's going to yeah. piss off other people. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of Kenya bringing baby Brooklyn and the nanny um, and actually having them stay in this house when it's a girl's trip and the other women have babies as well. 
it's kind of reminiscent. Well, I mean, it's the exact same thing about Wendy. Yeah. Wendy and Ashley. I feel like who am I to judge Kenya for bringing Brooklyn? I feel like it's only fair that if she was going to bring Brooklyn, that the courtesy should have been to let Candy know to bring Blaze and let, let everyone know that the kids could come. Um, The whole private jet thing. Like, I'm not sure why anyone's surprised at like, Kenya's like totally decision making like yeah. she she it's just that way like we should not be surprised that she booked a private jet for her and her friend that's just the way Kenya is and that's why I love Kenya she is unapologetically herself and she knows she gets the rap and she just rides with it and she does not give two shits about what anyone thinks and I just love her I would jump on that private jet Kenya she was so funny. She's like, well, if they don't like the travel arrangements that I've made for them, then they can use their American Express and card or whatever. And she's like, oh, wait, some of them have bad credit. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, the shade. Oh, Kenya. We always see it. It's it's what makes Kenya Kenya. No one should yes. be surprised at anything that comes out of Kenya's mouth. She is just cemented herself as kind of a, a loose cannon, if you will. And she'll just say whatever she's feeling. But she doesn't seem to cross the line that makes people be like off the show, you know, like yeah, there's no. certain people, who, certain housewives who are loose cannons who we like at first. And then after a few seasons, we're like, okay, enough. Like it's yes, too much. No. Like Brandy Glanville. I think people really liked until she just became exhausting. I mean, I still really love Brandy Glanville. I would I'm take her that. back. I, hell Yeah. I think she was a great housewife, but I do think people were exhausted with her shenanigans. Yeah, I just she I needed just to take her, a break. I I find her exhausting as a person, right? Like she creates so much chaos in her wake, and I don't believe all of it from Beverly Hills of those seasons was all her fault. Like it wasn't only her creating it, but in her life, just like everything with like her and Leanne Rhymes, and like it's always drama, and it's just sometimes it's exhausting. But, yes. you know, it's just it's interesting that Kenya seems to always stay within what appears to be like what people want out of someone who is so shady and so off the wall. Which makes her the perfect housewife. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of no people one better. Think that. It- I love Portia, though. I do, too. I think good on her for doing her social justice work. You know, I think that. I didn't watch Orange County, so I didn't really watch the COVID come back again. Oh. The The thing that triggered me is because I'm watching Atlanta was the whole Black Lives Matter thing. So that was more my going back to the year 2020. And that was my kind of like, oh, moment. Not really COVID from Orange County, which I think was different from people who watched Orange County. I'm sure living COVID again sucked. Um, and living Black Lives Matter again sucks, but that was my trigger. It was just like we're still in COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to watch the beginning and have people brush off how bad it was going to be, knowing there's hundreds of thousands of people dead. And like, I I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's because of my like background in public health. But I knew when things started to shut down that we were going to get into the hun- at least 100,000. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be half a million. I didn't think we would be this awful, but it's, it's tough 
to watch it through people's eyes who don't take it seriously or I, I don't know that that was the harder part to watch those women, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and to be honest, I didn't watch those women because I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, it, I am not interested in, I'm not invested. It's not that I'm not interested because I love a housewife show. I'm not invested right. in anybody on the Orange County cast. True. At all. I know. So That's for me, so there's tough. no emotional like, connection. How, yeah. It's like, I don't care about any of them. No, no. But you ask me, am I invested in Salt Lake City? Hell yeah. Am I invested in Dallas? Sure. Am I totally ready for New Jersey? Yes. Oh Hell my God. I the, cannot yeah. wait. Oh my God. Me either. Me either. We have to recap some of that once we get into the season because oh, I'm I, so excited. Uh, I love Jersey. I love Jersey. So I've much. heard it's it, going like, to be like one of the best seasons ever. You know, that's the one one city where I I can't really ever get like any behind the scenes like tea about it because they're so tight lipped. They're so I love that about them though, because you don't yes. hear about it beforehand. So it's yes. that much more fun to watch. I feel like yes. Beverly Hills, you hear everything leaks. Oh. Right? It's I think it's because it's in Hollywood. Like I just think that's what Hollywood does is they leak. the next best story (laughs) i didn't mean it like that no i mean it makes sense right you know it's it's the next best story it's hollywood it's fame and fortune you know who's gonna get the next big thing and i just feel like that's the nature of the beast out there they all seem to also have like a relationship with press like it's been since the beginning right it was like oh you got this and you know, radar online or whatever stupid thing they have. And then in New York City, it's always been page six. And then mm-hmm. with Real House of New Jersey, they just like the blog, like in, oh, in Potomac, it's the blogs. Like New Jersey, I feel like things don't leak that way. And it's made watching it so interesting. Yeah, no, I love Jersey. Um, let me just say for the record before the season airs, because it may change, but I'm going into the season team Teresa. I'm not sure how I'm going to come out of the season, but I'm going into the season team Teresa. Oh, I'm team Jackie all the way on everything. I think in between Teresa and Jackie, I'm more like I, if it was me and Teresa going at it, I would totally be Jackie, but I'm team Teresa because after everything she's been through and survived and gone to jail and been able to pick herself up, like I'm sure that took an, um, an enormous amount of like strength and the fact that she's still on the show after all of that, like public embarrassment and she owns it now. And like, she's like one of the only OGs left. I just feel like that's something to be respected. So yeah, I just feel like she's, she's done it, but she's very, very, very rude to Jackie. I agree 100%. And there will, there will be drama though with Jackie yeah. and Teresa. I think they're supposed to be. So I'm sure I'll be team Jackie on that. But in general, going in, I'm team Teresa. I'm glad that she's found this new guy and she's moving on. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for being on the show this week. Love hearing from you. Love your Instagram and your Instagram lives. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Real Reality Homosexual and Twitter. You can find me at Real Reality Homo. Um, my Instagram's better, though. Like my Twitter's <laughs> just okay. I think I, I said that the last time, it. too. 
I love your Instagram. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We will have to reconnect, especially as Jersey starts airing. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Have a lovely evening. Talk to you soon. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.